Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. And I promise we are not going to be interrupted by a 911 emergency phone call as we were in the last series. <laughs> I, I hope you enjoyed my attempt at being a little playful and creative. I, I thought with topics like being ghosted and played or dumped that it might be good to try to package those conversations in a little bit of a lighthearted way. You know, maybe it kind of helps the medicine go down a little bit. And so you can let me know whether I succeeded or not. But I promise none of that's happening in this series. Today we begin a new, probably a seven-part series. I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. But we'll begin a new series I am calling Quantum Insights. What I have learned from my most important relationship teachers. Now, if you follow this podcast, you know that I've spoken quite a bit about some of the people who have made a difference in my life. Some of the teachers and authors and some I've known personally, some I haven't. So I've spoken about, you know, different people and their work and the difference it's made in my life. And I've shared some of that with you in a variety of ways. But what I want to do in this series, because I, I, I recognize I've never really done this. I've never tried to synthesize what some of these teachers has, have taught me and sort of boil it down and summarize it into a very clear and concise message. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take about, well, they're not all people. There's going to be some tools and there's going to be a big surprise, something I've never really spoken about before on this podcast. Maybe two of them. We'll see. <laughs> I always got things up my sleeve for you out there. And, and But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to really summarize the essence of their teaching. You know, in a way, I mean, all the things I'm going to refer to, I hope you fall in love with them and you follow them and you read their books and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But some of you might not have the time. Maybe you've got young kids. Maybe you've, you know, you've got crazy things going on at work and you might like, give me the Cliff Notes version. Can you, can you summarize what this person teaches and put it into a, a very tight little package for me. And then I can chew on it and I can, you know, feed it, feed on it and integrate it and deal with it. So that's what I want to do is I want to make it easy on you to take some of these people who have made such a difference in my life and put it into a little package that you can really take with you. Right? Now, I'm calling it Quantum Insights because just like the other series I've done called Quantum Quotes or Quantum Questions, I believe these insights can produce a quantum leap in our lives. They can catapult us you know, into a new way of living or loving. And what's really, I think, powerful about what I'm going to share from all the sources here that I'm going to be mentioned in this series is these have stood the test of time, especially in my life. You know, sometimes in life, you know, you hear about something or there's a, a new theory. Um, like for instance, in the health and wellness thing for a while there, intermittent fasting was all the rage. Okay. That was the key to weight loss, to real health and fitness. And well, if you pay attention to this stuff, like, like I do, um, 
intermittent fasting, it, it's not all the rage anymore. It, it's not thought of in the same way it was, say, even five years ago. Okay? Another example is, you know, a couple decades ago, eggs were thought to be not that good for you, right? The high in cholesterol and fat and you shouldn't eat that many eggs. Well, nowadays, right, the science is finding, no, eggs are one of the healthiest things you can eat and there's not a cholesterol scare with them, right? So sometimes in the world, in various disciplines and various areas of life, something appears to be you know, the shit. <laughs> and then it's like, eh, no, it really wasn't. It really wasn't something that stood the test of time. What I'm going to share with you in this series has stood the test of time. Some of these things I'm going to share are things that I've learned decades ago, and they are still producing quantum leaps in my life today. There has been no drop off. None of these things are you going to find one day, oh, I remember Roy teaching about that, mentioning that, but now, you know, all the gurus, all the science, all the research is showing that that's not true anymore, okay? That's not going to happen here because these things have been around for a long time and not only, you know, are people still finding that they are effective just in my own personal experience and in my coaching, I can tell you that they are still as powerful today as they ever were when I first learned them. Okay. So that kind of helps set the stage. Now we're going to talk like these, these insights are going to apply to the spectrum that this podcast normally addresses, right? Even though this is called the Attracting Lasting Love podcast, which was named after my second book, the, the subtitle of this podcast really was taken from my third book, which is Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy, okay? This podcast really is about more than just the pursuit of of a life partner. It really is about kind of your relationship to love in all aspects of your life, family relationships, siblings, friends, coworkers, and intimate partners. But this podcast is also about just your life in general, just who you are in the world, how you function in the world. Um, it's about your own spiritual and emotional development right? So various times in the history of this podcast, we have talked about just your life. And then sometimes we talk about love and intimacy and attraction and relationship dynamics. And then sometimes we talk very specifically about the pursuit of intimacy. You know, what are the things to focus on when you're trying to find a life partner? And this series is going to touch on all three of those. Now, what's interesting, we're going to start with a person who's made probably the biggest difference in my life as a friend, mentor, teacher. This is a person I personally know. Um, and when I summarize what I, what I really learned from him and his work, it applies to all three of those. So we're going to start the series on something that is going to apply to your life, to your love life, and to your desire to find a partner. All right. So we've set that groundwork. We've set the stage for this. And so let me introduce to you the, the most important person in my life, really, who's made the biggest difference in my life. I've mentioned him before. His name is Jim Dethmer. Jim Dethmer is a person I met, I believe it was September of 1990. And he has been what I consider to be my best friend since then. Now, when I say best friend, I don't mean the person that I 
see the most often or even talk to the most often, right? I mean, I see my wife and talk to my wife a thousand times more than I talk to Jim. But my best friend in the sense that he knows me as well as maybe anyone because of the longevity of our relationship and the depth of it and the things he's been through walking alongside of me. I mean, he went, he's gone through with me when I went through a divorce and when I had a midlife crisis, he was walking with me when I started my spiritual journey and I didn't know my ass from the hole in the ground as to what was going on in my life and why I was in so much drama. I mean, he was right there. He's been right there through, you know, years of my kind of my golf career. Um, just, yeah, we've just been through war together. And so in that sense, he's my best friend because he knows the intimacies of my experience probably more than anyone in, in, in a way. I suppose my, my wife would come close. Um, you know, my wife wasn't around when I was married to my former wife, right? And I, I met her long after my spiritual journey had begun and long after a lot of pain I went through. So I've told her those stories, but she wasn't in the trenches with me. You follow me? So that's why I wouldn't even put my wife in the same category. I've only known my wife for 16 years. I've known Jim for over 30. Okay. So how can I summarize what I've learned from Jim Dethmer? By the way, if you want to follow him, he's not easy to follow because he's not on social media. He does not have a real public persona. Um, he just doesn't roll that way. Um, he has written a book that's called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Highly recommend it. That book has been very influential in what I do and big pieces of it have shown up in this podcast, whether you know it or not. And big pieces of it are used in my coaching with my private clients, whether they know it or not. That's one of the central books that has made the biggest difference in my life. And it was written by him and my other coach, Diana Chapman. Um, but he's also the founder or co-founder of the Conscious Leadership Group. If you want to you know, check out what they do, it's conscious.is. Okay, www.conscious.is. If you want to follow him, I think he has a monthly newsletter and they have a bunch of videos on their website and, you know, just a bunch of stuff. It's a great website and you can learn more about him there. But let me sort of synthesize what I've learned from being around Jim Dethmer for 30 years. <laughs> Let me see if I could put that into a, a, a one sentence. What I've learned from him, I think most, is the idea of what he calls radical responsibility. Radical responsibility. Now, friends, both of those words are very important. Responsibility is is everything versus victimhood, right? I'm going to go more into this in a minute. But the opposite of responsibility, taking responsibility, claiming responsibility for what's occurring, for your results, for your situation, the opposite of saying, I am responsible for what's going on in my life, is the idea of being a victim meaning I'm at the effect of something, like something's happening to me. This is happening to me is victimhood. When you are taking responsibility, your mentality is that the choice you're making is to say, well, what's happening? No, it's not happening to me. It's happening by me, because of me. Okay? 
So that right there, believe it or not, and at this point in your journey, maybe this point in, in your following this podcast, you're at this point in your understanding of, of life, you might not think that's very radical. Okay. Because very often we don't, we, when it, when it's just described that way in principle, you don't have any context in which to see what it really means. <laughs> but when you do put it into practice, and we're going to talk about various things like that in this podcast, then you begin to say, oh, if that's what it means to take responsibility, holy shit, that's radical. <laughs> okay. Right? You know, from a distance, no one likes to say that they're a victim, right? From a distance, nobody wants to claim that. You know, from a distance, everyone's like, yes, yes, I'm responsible for my life and things don't happen to me. They happen because of me and I'm not a victim and I'm not at the effect of this or that. You know, nobody forces me to do something, right? From a distance, without a particular issue maybe being brought up in your life, that seems, what's so radical about that, Roy? <laughs> what's the big deal? But when you start to unpack it, when you start to look at some things going on in your life, when you start to look at your relationship status, when you start to look at the shape of your body, when you start to look at the amount of money in your bank account, when you start to look at your emotional health, when you start to look at the relationships you have with your parents and your siblings and your friends, and when you notice in those areas that there's some drama, that there's some conflict, that there are things happening in your body, in your finances, in your love life, in your family, in your emotional world, when you notice in those areas that things don't feel very good, when there's some drama, when there's some suffering, when there's some upset, when you're not liking the way things are going in those types of areas of your life, then you will begin to notice that the idea of responsibility is fucking radical. Because what this principle of conscious living is talking about, and this is the fundamental, foundational principle of wanting to live a conscious, mindful life, is that whatever is occurring in your life, and again, in your love life, your relationship status, your body, your finances, relationships with friends, siblings, coworkers, your emotional health, you name it. Whatever results you are experiencing, whatever, however the situation is being played out, you are responsible for it. You are making it that way. It's not happening to you. It's happening by you or because of you. Now, if your head did not just explode then you need to rewind this podcast and listen to the last three minutes over again. Because your head should be exploding with the idea that responsibility means that whatever's going on in your life is not happening to you. It's not the fault of God. It's not the fault of men or women, or the dating scene. It's not the fault of your 
the lifestyle that you lead. It's not the, the fault of your parents. It's not the fault of your siblings or your kids. Radical responsibility means that you look at your results and you're like, I don't know how, but I am creating this nightmare. I am creating my results. I'm doing something. I'm believing something. I'm avoiding something. I'm unaware of something going on in my life, a personality pattern, an inner belief, an inability to make agreements, a communication challenge I have, some neurotic pattern, some childhood wounding But there is something that I am doing that is creating my world right in front of me. I am responsible for what's going on here. It's not happening to me. See, so this fundamental principle of a conscious life says that I will not blame anyone or anything for what's going on. But here's the kicker. You're not even blaming yourself. See, radical responsibility does not mean it's all your fault. What it means is I am unconsciously creating this picture. What it's pointing to is that you may be completely unaware of how you're setting your life up the way it is, of how you're of how you're making yourself single, of how you're making your body not be healthy or fit. You might be unaware of how you're sabotaging your finances and keeping yourself broke. You might be unaware of the dynamics that you are bringing to your family that is creating the dynamics that are going on. So this is not about saying, I'm not going to blame anyone else. I'm just going to beat the shit out of myself and I'm I'm the one who's at fault and I'm the loser and it's not about shaming yourself or blaming yourself. It's about recognizing first off that it's my life and if it's happening it's just not happening to me. It's happening by me but I'm not aware of what I'm doing. I don't see how I'm doing it. So how can you blame yourself for something you're not aware of? So then what happens when you take radical responsibility is right behind it comes this big helping of curiosity. It's like, okay, if if I'm responsible for this, And what is your this? That you're single? That you're broke? That you're out of shape? That your family's in tatters? That you don't like your job? What is it? What is your this? What happens is when you take responsibility for creating this and you recognize, I don't know how I'm creating it, but I am a big dose of wonder comes right in behind it. Well, I I wonder what I'm not knowing about myself. I'm really curious about why I'm setting my life up like this. If I'm responsible for being single, like being single isn't happening to you. It's happening by you. So you're making yourself single. You're keeping yourself single. Now, I know you don't want to be single. That's why you're listening to this podcast. It's the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. And you you want to learn how to attract lasting love. Absolutely. I know you do. But if you're not in a great relationship, it's not because you haven't found the right person yet. See, that's victim. Oh, you know, I'm just at the effect of luck or fate. You hear people say, it's a numbers game. You know, 
Finding the right partner, it's a numbers game. You just got to date a bunch of people. You got to swipe your little brains out. You, you got to go on these dates. You got to kiss a bunch of frogs. And you just, you know, you do enough of it and you're going to finally get lucky and meet someone that clicks with you. That's victim. Do you hear it? Do you see it? That you're at the effect of luck or fate or the numbers. My friend Jim Dethmer taught me there's another way to look at it. And it really is just another way to look at it. You can look at being single that way and say, oh, I'm just haven't met the right person yet. Haven't gotten lucky yet. Or you could look at it and say, maybe I'm doing something that I don't know I'm doing that is sabotaging my love life, that is keeping me single. Maybe I am blocking a life partner from finding me. Maybe there's something going on in me that kind of is afraid of intimacy or is resisting a relationship. Oh my God. Could it be possible that I both want a relationship and don't want it at the same time? I'm here to tell you absolutely 100%, but you will never ever discover how that's happening until you claim responsibility for keeping yourself single. See, when you are still in that victim mindset that it's just happening to me, well, if it's just happening to you, if it's just a numbers game, if you haven't met the right person yet, what is there to discover? (laughs) There isn't anything to discover. You're single because you just haven't met the right person yet. So just keep meeting person after person after person after person after person after person. Just keep meeting them and swiping and whatever you're doing with them. Just keep meeting them and then eventually, bada bing, you're going to maybe get lucky. Okay? But when you take responsibility, you're like, no, maybe Maybe there's something going on in me that I'm not aware of that no matter how many people I meet, I won't let myself get into a relationship or I'm doing something to push people away or I'm showing up, acting, speaking, relating in a way that inhibits closeness and connection. And you don't know you're doing it. This is radical responsibility. This is the refusal to blame whatever life situation you are in on anyone. It's the refusal to blame even yourself. And it is the full-blown, heartfelt, gut-wrenching commitment to claim, I am doing this to myself. I don't know how, but it's not happening to me. It's happening by me. And when you claim that, when you camp, and you make camp on that site, It's almost like victimhood and responsibility are two different campsites. It's like, where are you going to live? Where are you going to pitch your tent? Where are you going to put down your roots? A conscious person says, I'm done with the victim thing because there's no answer there. You see, if if I'm single because I just haven't met the right person yet, how do I fix that? Yeah, I just have to keep dating and dating and dating and dating. But if I'm single because on some level and in some way I'm keeping myself single, will you see how that empowers me? 
Because if I'm doing it to myself, well, then, damn it, I can change it. Right? I have power if I'm, if I have agency. If I take responsibility and say, I am doing this to myself, well, then I have the power to stop doing it. But when you're in victim, blaming men or women, the dating scene, oh, the online thing, oh, you know, today's world, oh, you know how, how busy my schedule is, and oh, my God, I've got kids from a former relationship, and no one wants that, and oh, you know, I don't look like a movie star, and I don't have the body of a runway model. So you can blame all of those things. Men often blame, I don't have enough money, you know, whatever it might be, right? So you can blame your love life on those things, but do you see how you disempower yourself? If you're not attractive enough, what do you do about that? Can you fix that? I suppose you could get plastic surgery or Botox, but does that really change your appearance? Mm, probably not, right? What are you going to do? Get rid of your children if they're making it complicated for a relationship? What are you going to do? Quit your job because you travel some and it's your schedule is kind of crazy, right? So when you're a victim and you're blaming something going on in your life, you're 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 in blame. It's happening to me. You disempower yourself because there's nothing, nothing you can do about it. What if you're a guy and you're 5'7"? Oh, you know, women, they, women don't want a man who's short. Okay, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? Buy giant platform shoes? <laughs> you can't change your height. Is there no man in the world who's 5'7 and not in a relationship? Of course there are, right? So maybe if, maybe if you're 5'7 and you're not in a relationship or you're a woman and you don't look like a Victoria's Secret model, maybe it's not because of that. Maybe it's because of something else. See, but it is, if it is that, what do you do? How in the world do you change your height? How do you make yourself look like a runway model? You're not going to be able to, so you're fucked. You're a victim. You're at the effect of. But when you, when you refuse that, when you refuse to pitch your tent on that campground, no, I just refuse to see myself as a victim of anything. I'm making my life this way. And because I'm making it this way, I don't know how I'm making it this way, I'm going to really enter into a curiosity crusade I'm going to start looking within myself. I'm going to start trying to find out what's the real reason I'm single. Not the superficial surface reason you've been telling yourself. What's the real reason? And you don't know what it is. But when you, when you have this, this choice to take radical responsibility, you are empowering yourself. Because once you discover what it is, and there is something you're doing to keep yourself single, then you can change it. That's why radical responsibility is so fucking cool. Is that it provides hope. Any other way of being in the world, the victim way, there's no hope. You're going to be resentful and angry and depressed and hopeless because it's not happening to you. It's just fate. It's just the gods. It's just my genes. It's just the nature of love in the 21st century. You know, it sucks, but I you know, can't do anything about it. See, that will make you bitter and resentful and, and, and it will keep you single. Or it'll make you have to kiss so many damn frogs trying to find the one person, the needle in a haystack. Okay? But a person who is willing to take radical responsibility would never say finding a partner is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. <laughs> no way. They're recognizing I'm not finding a partner because on some level, I don't want to find a partner. 
I'm sabotaging myself. I'm putting barriers up between me and love. I'm blocking it. I'm resisting it on some level. I have a fear of commitment. I have a fear of intimacy. I have a fear of rejection. I have a fear of being smothered. I have some sort of personality quirk that's getting in the way and sabotaging. I've got trauma or wounding from my past that makes it difficult for people to get close to me. I've got an anxious attachment style where I come on way too strong and I scare the hell out of people. Or I've got an avoidant attachment style and anytime things start getting close and good, I get wigged out and then I do something to fuck up the relationship and it's over. And then I tell all my friends that, oh, you know, it just didn't work out. When really the issue is I'm, I'm just afraid to, of letting a person get this close to me because it could mean that I get smothered or controlled or taken advantage of. You see, this is what my friend Jim Dethmer has taught me over and over and over again. Because let me, let me tell you, friends, <laughs> you don't know the number of times that I have called him up squarely in camp victim and started complaining to him. By the way, you want to know when you're in victim? Anytime you're complaining about anything. Complaining is victimhood, right? You're, you're complaining. You're at the effect of something, right? So how often do you complain? Right? All the time, right? So I can't tell you the number of times I've called up my friend and I just start bitching about something. Anything from my job to my wife to just my life in general, my finances. Oh my God. There was years of me bitching about my finances to my friend. Ah, oh, I don't make enough money. I'm not, my life is not amounting to anything. I can't get anywhere. You know, blah, blah, blah. Just bitching and moaning and complaining and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'd call him up and, 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 you know, he would just be his loving presence with me. So no judgment, no harshness. But he would simply invite me, Roy, would you, are you willing to take responsibility for what you're talking about? And very often I'd go, fuck, no, it's not my fault. <laughs> He'd say, well, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm saying, are you willing to stop blaming and shift into a place of curiosity about what you might be doing that you're unaware of that is setting yourself up like this? That's some ways in which you are ways in which you are writing your script. Which brings me to what I think is one of the best analogies. And I don't know if I came up with this. Maybe I heard this from someone. I don't know. Um, I, I can't think of someone who came up with this. So maybe it was original, but probably not. Um, I use this in one of my books. We talk about these two camps, right? Camp victim and camp responsibility. Well, like which one do you want to, you know, put your tent down on and build your life on and live from? Well, another way to look at it would be to think of your life as like a movie. You know, like a Hollywood movie, you know, big old big old Hollywood blockbuster, like you know, Top Gun or you know, the new Top Gun Maverick that came out last summer. Right? Your life your life is like a movie. Now you got Two ways to think about your movie. Okay? You're either in somebody else's movie, right? I mean, somebody else is the executive producer, somebody else wrote the script, somebody else is directing it, somebody else is the casting agent, somebody else wrote the plot in the script. You're just uh, an actor in somebody else's movie. You don't have any power, you don't have any control. You're you're at the effect of everybody that's in charge. And you're just playing your role. You're doing what you're told to do. So that's one way of looking at your life. Your life is like a movie and you're just in somebody else's movie with no power over anything. The other way to look at your life is that you're in the same movie, except it's your movie. 
You're in charge of everything. You're like Tom Cruise. You are the executive producer. You're the director. You wrote the script. You set the plot. (laughs) You're the casting agent, meaning everybody in your movie, you put there. And you told them what their lines are and what their characters would be and what they would do because it's your movie. So you chose your co-stars and you wrote the plot. And if they're doing something, it's because you set it up that way. And if something's happening to you as the lead actor, because you also, like Tom Cruise, you're, you're starring in your own movie, Whatever happens to you, well, it's your movie. (laughs) So how how do you blame someone when it's your movie? Nope. It's my movie. I'm directing it. I'm producing it. I'm starring in it. And I wrote the script. And I picked all the actors. And I wrote all the lines. And it's my movie. So if something is happening in the movie that I don't like, Do you see how you could change it? Because it's your movie, (laughs) right? But if you're in somebody else's movie and you're like, this, you know, this, this plot sucks. Like, I don't like this character. They shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be, be acting that way. I, I, I think, I think my character should be married and in a great relationship and have kids. And my character should be living happily ever after, but it's not. Well, but it's not my movie, so I can't do anything about it. I mean, I I didn't write it this way. I didn't set it up this way. I was just told where to stand, and uh, I was told what part I'm playing. I'm a victim. I'm at the effect of the people that are in charge. You get to choose the way you see life. And it's nothing more than that. It is a choice. I'm not saying that there's a right and a wrong. I'm not saying that there's some universal truth somewhere to be found in the atoms in the universe about this. I'm just saying you get to choose the way you view life. Right? You can look at the Mona Lisa and you can say, I love it. You can look at it and say, I don't know, it's just some plain looking chick with a weird smirk on her face. I don't know what the big deal is. Right? I mean, it's just a picture. You, you, you get to view it any way you want to view it. So your life is that way. And victimhood and responsibility, I've been taught, are this way. It's not right and wrong. It's not true or false. It's just you get to choose. Is your life a movie where you're in somebody else's movie and you've You've got no power and control over anything or is your life, your movie and you're making it exactly the way it is. Which way do you want to see it? Now the ego loves the victim position because the ego loves to blame and complain and whine and why me? I can't believe this is happening to me. Why do men and women treat me this way? Why do they ghost me? Why do they play me? Why do they dump me to revisit, you know, to revisit the last series? Right? It's, the ego loves that. But when someone comes along and sort of looks you in the eye and says, "What are you doing to keep yourself single? What are you doing to ruin your fitness and your health? What are you doing to keep yourself broke? What are you doing? How are you responsible for your emotional health, your anxiety, your depression? How are you responsible for that? How are you responsible for the dynamic between you and your mother, you and your father, your siblings, your children? See, when someone asks you, are you willing to take responsibility? Are you willing to see that it's your movie and you're doing this? The ego will come out fighting. 
It's called defensiveness. How dare you tell me it's my fault? You don't know my mother. You don't know my sister. You don't know what it's like to, to date men out there today and what women are like, right? That's what the ego does. It will, it will come out swinging when you challenge it to take responsibility, right? So this is why it's called radical responsibility because to choose to view that you are not a victim, but you are a creator is the most radical commitment you can make in your life. Do you want to know how you can lose all of your friends? (laughs) Do you want to learn how you can be thought of as the most weird, bizarre, strange, gone off the deep end person in the world, decide that you are going to take radical responsibility and everyone around you is going to think you're a fucking nut job. Because hear me on this, 99% of the people in the world are victims. 99, probably higher than that. Everybody's playing victim. Everybody blames and complains and whines. It is an unbelievable rare person to meet them where they're like, no, life is my movie. And you know what? This love story has been a really sad one, but it's not because of my ex. In fact, my marriage, the relationships I've been in, There's a part of me that wants to blame them and say, oh, it was because they were a jackass. They were an alcoholic. They were narcissistic. Those are all things that victims say. When you take radical responsibility, you're like, I chose the narcissist for some reason. I needed to be with the alcoholic for some reason because it's my movie And I wrote the script and I brought them into my life. Whatever dynamic I'm experiencing, it's not happening to me, it's by me. And let me tell you, everyone around you will tell you you are absolutely nuts because they're committed to playing the victim. Because to take responsibility destroys the ego. Because you have to look at yourself and Say, there's no one to blame here. Not even myself. I, 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 I'm just, I'm just now beginning to learn what I'm doing to sabotage. And, And maybe we should touch on that for a minute. Here's the kicker. Imagine there's a big veil. Okay. A a big curtain. And Behind the curtain is all these aha moments, all these discoveries, all these, oh my God, I never knew that about myself. I never saw that. I, I, it's, it's all these discoveries about how you really were setting your life up the way it is. Okay, there's like, like there's these, this wisdom is there because it turns out it is true that you are responsible for what's happening in your life. You don't know how, you don't see it, but there, but it is true and it is discoverable, right? You, you can find out what it is, but you can't find out what's behind the curtain until you first decide to claim responsibility. The universe does not give you the insight until you look at the universe and say, this is not your fault. (laughs) I'm doing this to myself. I'm setting my life up this way. I've created my relationship with my parents, with my siblings, with my coworkers, with men, with women, with my ex, with my body, with my emotions. I am responsible for this. I don't know how, but I am claiming it's my movie. I am pitching my tent on camp responsibility. It's only when you say that from the bones in your body, 
from your gut, like you really mean it, I am done playing the victim. I will not blame anymore. I don't know how I'm doing it, but I am claiming responsibility for the results in my life, for, for, for my experience, for whatever's occurring in my life. I'm just, I don't know how, but God damn it, I'm claiming responsibility. It's when you do that, the universe opens the curtain and shows you. But you gotta, you've got to claim it before you can see it. That's my point. You've got to take responsibility before you will see, before the universe will start giving you downloads. Okay, now that you're, now that you're alive, now that you're in the game, okay, you're out of that victim nonsense crap. Now you're in the game. Let me show you. Let me show you this about yourself. Let me show this about, you know, about your personality, about your background, about your beliefs. Let me show you this about some of the things you're really afraid of that you've never noticed before. It's like, let me peel away the layers of your soul and let me show you who you are. And then you see it and you're like, aha, no wonder I'm single. Look at that. Look at that fear. Look at that hang up. Look at that neurotic thing I do. No wonder I've had this pattern in my love life. Holy shit, I've been doing this to myself the whole time and I never knew it. Right? That is awaiting you. Behind the curtain, all these aha, wisdom, insights, life-changing, these this quantum leap is waiting for you, but it only happens on the other side of responsibility. Every, every time you step away from responsibility and go back into camp victimhood, the, the veil comes down, the curtain closes, and you don't get any more info. Because you're not looking for it. Because when you're victim, there is nothing to find. It's it's happening to me, and I'm sure of that. So why would I be curious? Why would I wonder? Why would I sit in meditation with the question, what's the real reason I'm single? Why would I say that as a mantra over and over again for weeks? For weeks. Why am I single? What's the real reason? What's holding me back? Why am I not with someone special? You sit with that. You, why would you ever say that over and over again if you think, well, it's a numbers game. I just haven't met the right person yet. Or, you know, me and my schedule and, you know, the lifestyle that I've got and my kids and my health or my finances, you know, I'm fucked. I got, you know, I no chance, right? So if you're already convinced as to why your love life is the way it is, you don't look for the real reason. You, you think you know the real reason. Well, I just haven't met the right person yet. That's the real reason. But it's only when you take responsibility that the curtain comes down and the universe says, let me show you the real reason. It's been right here the whole time. You just haven't, you haven't been willing to come and look. So claiming responsibility is the doorway to insight, to aha moment, to breakthrough. Now, this is not a one-time thing. I've had to go, I've, I've gone back and forth from responsibility to victimhood, like, like a little eight-year-old girl playing hopscotch, right? Just jumping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Numerous times a day, I go in the victim and complain about the traffic or the weather, my wife or something, right? And I have to catch myself, Roy, how are you setting your life up this way? It's not happening to you, Roy. It's happening by you. And I have to make the shift. So we drift into victimhood and then we shift. But see, for most of the people listening to this, You've been in victim your whole life. You've never 
made even an initial shift into responsibility. You've never even tasted what can happen on the other side of that. So some of us need to make the initial jump and start to see the insights, the downloads that start to come from the universe when we do this. Others of us have done this. We just need to pay attention to what camp we're in throughout the day. It's a whole nother story to be present with yourself throughout the day and notice, am I in victim or am I in responsibility? And where am I right now? And uh, how do I shift if I want to? Right? But for the vast majority of people listening to this, you've been in victim because you've been saying, why am I single? Eh, I just haven't met the right person yet. It's a numbers game. You know you've said it. Or you know that you have been blaming something for what's occurring in your life, whether it's your finances, your family relationships, your emotional health. How many of us say things like, you make me so angry. You said that you hurt my feelings. Friends, that's victim. You're saying I'm at the effect of you. You hurt my feelings. You made me angry. And I'm here to tell you that's one way to look at it. The other way is you hurt your own feelings because you took what they said seriously and personally. Why'd you do that? (laughs) It's just air coming out of their mouth. Why did you give it even the time of day? Why'd you even listen? Why'd you take it personal? You hurt your own feelings. You made yourself angry. You could have responded a thousand different ways to what just happened. You didn't have to get angry. You could have celebrated. You could have laughed. You you could have cried. You could have done all kinds of different things. Nobody makes you angry. Nobody hurts your feelings. Nobody has that kind of power over you. You're the only one that lives in there. Right? You live in a one-bedroom apartment. You're the only one that lives in there all by yourself. Nobody else is in there. Well, they can say things. They can do things. But you have, you're the gatekeeper. You have to decide whether I'm going to let that in. <laughs> right? Now, we all do. Right? I'm not telling you that I don't feel sometimes like I'm at the effect of what people say or do and you hurt my feelings. Like, I'm not saying I never fall into this. I'm just saying when you think about it, it's victim, is it not? Oh, my job is making me so anxious. Or, you know, I'm depressed about the way my life is. No, you know, life isn't making you depressed. Life is just life. It's just unfolding. You're depressing yourself about life. You're choosing to be upset and resist and feel down and negative about the way life is. That's your choice. You're you're depressing yourself. Your job isn't making you anxious. Well, what do you mean, Roy? They're they're I, I hear they're laying people off. You know, the economy, the inflation. I might lose my job. Yeah, you might. And being anxious might be a reasonable feeling to have. But your job isn't making you anxious. You could be trusting, couldn't you? You could say, well, maybe if I do lose my job, that's the way life wants it because maybe I should be in a different job. Maybe if I get laid off, that might be the best thing for me. Maybe I can just trust that life is unfolding beautifully and whatever happens, I am okay, I will be okay. See, you might be losing your job, but you don't have to be anxious about it. Do you see that? You're choosing that. And again, it's not an unreasonable choice, (laughs) right? But you are choosing it. So nothing makes you emotional. Nothing is forcing you to feel some way. That's victim. 
you are responsible for your feelings. Now, when you take responsible for your feelings, you begin to have these wonder questions like, why do I respond that way? Why am I really feeling this way? Why do I take things so personal? Right? And when you start asking those questions, the universe says, let me open up the curtain. Let me show you what's behind that door. Okay? Because there's some beautiful shit behind that question you just asked. Why do I take things so personal? It's like, cha-ching! It's like, The universe, I think the angels start to sing when you take responsibility and you begin to wonder, why do I, why do I have my feelings hurt so easily? Why, why do I get angry? So this is, this is what my friend Jim Dethmer's taught me to take radical responsibility. Like one time he said to me, Because, you know, I'm a coach, he's a coach, we're in the helping profession. And he said, Roy, you know, I just have a very different view of of helping people. Um, And it comes from this idea of responsibility. He said, Roy, I just don't see people, or even myself, but he said, I don't see people as having a problem that needs to be fixed. I see people as creating an experience for their own learning. Do you hear that? Let me say it again. So I don't see people as they're having a problem that I or something needs to fix. No, they are creating the experience for their own learning. That's how a person who's in responsibility looks at a situation. This is an opportunity for you to learn how you're doing this to yourself. You're not having a problem that needs to be fixed because, right? Because that's in just the verbiage there. This problem is happening to me. And so I need someone or something to fix it because I'm, right? Because I'm not doing it to myself, right? Right? But if you are doing it to yourself, you're not really having a problem that needs to be fixed. You, you, you just need to learn how you're doing it to yourself and the problem fixes itself. <laughs> Do you follow me? So that is an unbelievable phrase. You're not having a problem that needs to be fixed. You are self-creating an experience for your learning and growth. That is the mantra of a person who takes radical responsibility for their life. Now, let me wrap up and say, the only way really good coaching happens with me or with anyone, frankly, is when you want to make that shift. When you want to take responsibility. It might be new to you. It might be extremely challenging. All you need to have quantum leaps in your life is to be able to say to yourself, I don't want to be victim anymore. I don't know what responsibility really means or what it would look like, but man, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be on this path of awakening to how I'm setting up my life the way I am. That's what I want to explore. And if that's where you are right now, hire me, call me up, hire me as your coach. Because even if you're not skilled in this, but if there is the intention, if there is your heart's desire, I don't want to play victim anymore. I want, I, I, I want to, it's my movie. I, I, and I want to see why am I writing my script like this? I want to make a shift. I want to turn it around. I want to rewrite my love story, <laughs> right? As long as that's what you want, then I can help you look behind the curtain and make changes that will blow your mind. All right. So I, yeah, I just, um, I just cannot encourage you more to, um, 
to take this seriously, to reach out. Now, you can find me at Roy at CoachingWithRoy.com or my cell phone is 407-687-3387. So until next week, when we go with Quantum Insight number two, have a great week and I'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.